Hey, this is Taylor. This is Jake. And this is Dan. And this is Unicorn Finders, where we are on the search to eliminate the elusive unicorn factor in everyday people, businesses, and relationships. Hope you enjoy. All righty. What's going on, everybody? Good morning. Uh, yes, I'm still without internet. That's why I'm still at a coffee shop. Um, uh, you know, we are going on a week and almost a week and a half now. Uh, AT&T. If, if, if you watch this, I'm very angry um, and I'm having to go back into counseling because of it. So um, <laughs> I would send you my therapy bill. Um, but good morning. Thanks for tuning in this morning's Unicorn Finders. Really excited this morning to have another amazing guest on, uh, Dave Kiss. So uh, I met Dave and Rick, Rick from last week, Dave this week, um, down in React, Miami. Um, I loved, obviously, the stories they had to tell and the companies they're associated with. And so Super excited to dive in, especially something that's kind of near and dear to our hearts with Unicorn Finders, and that's video. Um, and so Dave's going to talk about that this morning. Uh, quick bio about Unicorn Finders for those of you who are tuning in now or in the future. Listen, Dave, uh, Dave I mean, Dave too, but Dan, Jake, and I are BFFs. Uh, we actually do like to hang outside, uh, hang out with each other outside of work when we can. And so when COVID hit, we were like, you know what? We want to just start a podcast where us three just hang out with our networks. Um, Jake, Dan, and I have been in the recruiting and consulting space for over 30 years now combined. That is not normal. Um, and we know a crap ton of people. And so we were like, you know, what? why don't we just start a podcast where we can talk about people and companies and products doing cool shit that you probably never heard of. Um, and so that's that, that's what this uh podcast is so hopefully you enjoyed today's episode with dave so that being said dave good morning um, hey good morning hi dave hi dave um let's so let's dive in quick quick bio about yourself um and then uh is it, it is a, a hot dog a sandwich go mm. <laughs> uh in what order um yeah hey uh, thanks for having me on uh stoked to be here my name is dave i am a community engineer at mux where we work hard to democratize video infrastructure for developers on the internet um, what does that mean basically if you think about how do you build video experiences into your application uh, we want to be the company that comes to mind to make it easy to do that whether it's video on demand real time you know live streaming that sort of thing um, me personally, I got into video real young um, as a video producer. It was more or less like skater punk kid carrying around the camera, I think. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I wanted angle. to I, always, what was that? Doing <laughs> the, the low angle. angle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fish eye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My right arm is massive because of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to be like a video editor or producer type person. And so I went to school for that. Uh, graduated and started to like realize I needed to share the videos that I was making in some way. Um, but I was a broke college kid. I didn't know how to, how the internet um, was put together actually. So, and I, I couldn't Same. afford, I couldn't afford uh, to hire somebody to do it. So I was like, well, I guess I'm making a website now. So I started to go down that path and I realized it was a lot nicer to not work the 18 hour days on set and, carry around the heavy equipment. So I really got into, I love the way that the, the building, the, my day looked when I was building websites. Um, so I just kept teaching myself, kind of going down that path, learning more about how the web works. Um, yeah, and then it kind of eventually continued into, so I started working for a company, building some website stuff for them. Uh, but all around video, it was always like, how do we show videos on these websites? How do we, uh, the other company is in the 3D um, tutorials space of how to like, you know, create 3D motion graphics, that sort of thing. Um, cool. 
So they were showing their videos on their website. They wanted some way to make it really easy to navigate through the huge collection of videos that they had. And at the time, this was like 2012. So it was kind of young um, still space of video on the internet and like people figuring out the best way to present collections of videos, that sort of thing. So it really took off at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like right around the time that things really started to ramp up. Um, And so, yeah, so I started building out, you know, sharing the solutions I came up with over the years um, and building out something for them and also just open sourced it. So, you know, the idea there is like, hey, um, you know, the more eyes we can get this in front of, the more help we can maybe get to have this software become something greater than just maybe a single developer could work on. Uh, so I open sourced it. It was a WordPress plugin to connect um, Vimeo, which is another video service, mm. with uh, WordPress. And so open sourced it, made it free to use, and then eventually was kind of playing around with some price tags, pretending it was, you know, maybe had the option to become a business. And then it kind of accidentally did. So I, I quit uh, that job back in 2014. I went full time doing that for a while as a solo developer. Um, and that went all the way through really COVID era. Um, 2020 was just when a lot of things started to change when um, I, I wanted to have more conversations and collaboration with other smart folks. I was just kind of tired of it at that point. And it really doubled down uh, when COVID came around. So uh, yeah, all of that said, I ended up joining Mux um, nine months ago or so. And, and here I am still kind of living the video dream and sharing uh, the good word, spreading the good word of building with video on the internet. I love that. I love that. Um, so Dave, I, you know, I guess my first question is, I mean, obviously there's, you know, in my non-technical brain, I, I feel like trying to show video on a website probably isn't the easiest thing. So I mean, so can you dive into kind of what makes Mux and, and why developers who do maybe a lot of video streaming or any sort of video should consider Mux and what makes it so easy to use? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's start with like just kind of the basics. And when you think of video, a lot of folks will just basics. go to YouTube the idea of YouTube, right? We all know YouTube and you can, you can copy a YouTube video and paste it on a website and it takes you two, you know, two minutes max, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible for you to sign up for YouTube, upload your video, get the embed code, put it on your website, call it a day. You want to do that? That's cool. You're going to run into some problems with that. Of course, Google will throw ads on, you know, whatever that they want mm-hmm. to at any time. Uh, so if you're a business, that's going to be problematic. The ads are going to distract from the content that you're producing. It might even be ads for competitors um, that are displaying on your videos. And so, uh, and, and obviously, you don't have control over the way that the video looks on the page. You got the YouTube player using all the YouTube. Yeah, it branding. looks very clunky because because we did that too for our last website. It was yeah, a little messy. It's just it's it's like this. It feels like a cheap experience. Your videos yeah. as a business are living next to like you know, blippy videos uh, where all your kids are watching all that. And it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. So there's another level up, at least historically, where folks would be like, well, let's go to like an ad-free experience using a company like Vimeo that would just provide a nice clean player, same deal. You could upload a video, embed it into your webpage, and at least it doesn't have ads on it. Um, Vimeo comes with its own set of problems. Part of it is kind of like, the it's an identifiable playback experience still. It's still not very customizable. Um, their terms of service is a little a little hairy, um, in my opinion. And you, there's just a, a couple of different nuances there that um, make that kind of a tricky decision. So where Mux comes into play is, is kind of this like middle ground between, well, if there's not a service out there that 
doesn't keep their interests in mind over our interests. And mm. the alternative to that is I go build my own video transcoding pipeline on AWS and build my own video player and learn about what it takes to, to you know, deliver video over a CDN and uh, come up with uh, ways to test all of these different devices that video playback is occurring on. That's like the extreme alternative. And Mux is kind of the sweet spot between all of that where we'll offer APIs for you to interact with and take care of all the hard parts of, of video delivery and transcoding and generating thumbnails and all that kind of stuff for you and just make it really easy for you to integrate that into your product so you can get back to building what it is that your business does best and leave all the hard video stuff up to the video experts at Mux. Mm. But again, the, the load balancer, the infrastructure, like, and all of that, that's part of that plugin, right? So that, I mean, some of that, you know, we, we built, we built, we built a crazy thing a few years ago when this was just popping and we did the virtual red carpet for the Emmys. And it was just like, it was not a, a big deal to spin up the infrastructure for that, you know, with have, you know, 10,000 simultaneous users and all this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. just, just from the production side, <laughs> you know, and all that. And so um, we, we had talked about that at the time. We're like, man, if someone had something where it's like, you could handle just the infrastructure of this, we could have built all this other portal around that, you know, like that. Um, and that's, that's pretty fascinating. So no wonder you guys are exploding right now in the context of like StreamYard, right? So like yeah. it would be a tool that if we were to, we're not going to do this. We love StreamYard, but if we were going to build a StreamYard competitor um, you know, just by the way, StreamYard is what we're using to broadcast right now. Uh, it's a fantastic tool. It's mm -hmm. it starts out free and then it doesn't. I think they, I, I, I just heard they right. sold. There's like 13 people and they no, sold yeah. like hundred fifty million. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, a lot of money. But in the context of StreamYard, could Mux be something that we could build everything around this and then the functionality of integrating the simultaneous streams and then positioning it onto LinkedIn Live or wherever we're broadcasting it, the infrastructure that's handled by Mux that's that's right. Yeah. If you wanted to come up with like, I don't know what the clever pun name would be against StreamYard, but we have the ability to, you know, incorporate your this real time video, uh, you know, that part of it into that app and then have the chat on the side. Maybe that's, you know, served mm -hmm. through another service, but you can kind of like see where that all comes together and building that video experience. And it's also like this doesn't have to be a video app specifically that you're building. Uh, one of our recent customers was Strava. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, with Strava, what they started to do is allow you to upload images to your workouts or your run or bike or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just recently they went live with upload a video um, to your app. So Strava is obviously not a video company, but it's a part of what their value add is for the product that they're offering. And all of the videos that are uploaded and played uh, back through Strava are, are through Mux now. So that's just another example of like, it doesn't have to be a video company, uh, but mm -hmm. where video is important to your product, that's where we excel. And then where where does the content live? Are you holding yeah. storage of those videos as well? And do you charge for that? Like if it's going to live on the site and how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, when you upload a video to Mux, we take care of all the storage and delivery for you uh, as part of what ends up being your monthly bill with the pay as you go customer. And there's like, you know, there's a calculator on the pricing page to determine right. what that ends up looking like based off of your usage. It's all just metered pricing, essentially. If you're a power right. user, you, you'll have a higher bill than somebody that only up, uploads, you know, a handful of videos a month. 
Could you pull a video off of like, let's say YouTube, if I put in a, a YouTube, I was playing around with your website while you were talking a little bit earlier. Um, could I put a YouTube video on there and you guys would pull that video and put it on Mux if we were a customer and, and that was on our web, web page or how does that work? Do I need to natively upload it to Mux? Yeah, you need to either have a link to the actual video file. So you couldn't drop like okay. a YouTube link in, you would need like the direct you know, host, like maybe MP4. it's on S3 or Dropbox, oh, okay. yeah, MP4, um, or you could upload it directly through the API. So you can make some calls, um, you know, there's probably more of a, a, the help mm -hmm. of a developer to be able to just like send the file directly to the API that way. Yeah. And uh, I've got a question. Obviously there's some free services that are out there. Obviously you guys charge, have you guys dealt with any kind of pushback on, you know, choosing, you know, uh, what you guys are offering versus a more free model that's out there. Go, go further than that. What, what, um, maybe you can clarify. So, so I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm curious from a value prop perspective. I mean, it seems, seems awesome that the user experience seems a lot cooler and, and better from an interface perspective than say YouTube or, or Vimeo, but have you guys dealt with, or, or how do you guys combat, you know, dealing with a, a potential customer and says, well, I can, put this on YouTube, it may not look as pretty, you know, but, but I still have that optionality where it's, it's maybe free compared to using a, a better service, like what you guys are offering. Does that make a little more sense? Yeah. Yeah. So to be clear, you know, not every person that uses video on the internet is our ideal customer. And so oh, okay. somebody like that, that's, um, you know, the first thing is price sensitivity or like, mm -hmm. Hey, there's a free option out there. How can you compete with that? It's not really what we're after. Um, there, there's a little bit more of a customized, tailored video experience that when you want to incorporate that into the product that you're building, that's where it starts to kind of break down a little bit with using these free options. Sure. Uh, so we kind of, you know, zone in on, on those folks and say, hey, with a really helpful developer experience, really clear documentation uh, and, and just a product that works really, really well you can see how easily it is to build this custom video experience that you're looking for into your mm. app without having to worry about, you know, the ads and the branding. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, our companies, that sort of thing. It'll also make Brilliant. it easier if my understanding is correct to keep it behind a paywall to, you know, if you're, if you're building it as now a feature in your application, as opposed to a, a method to just show a video, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, we're doing, you know, let's, you could use a masterclass for example, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Masterclass doesn't want any of their stuff on YouTube because one, YouTube has rights to a lot of that now because their stuff is really shady as shit. You know, Google. but so the yeah, as soon as you throw Google, they own it. Um, but uh, you know, but then you also can get the benefit of like it looks like you created it, right? You know, it looks like what you did. But it, it like I said, from experience, it takes a lot to build up all of that infrastructure mm -hmm. <laughs> yourself, you know, and to maintain it. And so like, I think it's a huge win if you're trying to add any of that into your, your features as well. So, so, so if, if, if your business or your site is pretty heavy video, then you would suggest to give Mux a, a look for sure. I mean, is that, is that kind of, you know, if somebody's watching this, like, all right, this all sounds good, but like, when should I call Mux? You know, mm -hmm. if, if, if you're transitioning to more video heavy content on the internet, is that, especially on a website, is that, is that where you guys come in? Yeah, I think that's a good indication. You know, there's a lot of considerations here for sure, but as your content library go, go, grows and as you start to 
narrow in and decide that, hey, video is a key part of what it means to offer, you know, the product that we do. This is where it's like, well, you know, probably want to start to think about a custom video experience that, that matches what you're trying to achieve with your business. And we have all the tools available for that. So not only, you know, there's the delivery side and the hosting side, thumbnail gen, that sort of thing that I've described. But there's also folks that have already built the video transcoding, that whole delivery pipeline uh, out on their end. Some, some of those uh, customers end up using us just for the data tracking and monitoring of like video uptime, rebuffering, any sort of player device issues, any sort of delivery issues with, you know, geogra um, certain geographic locations, that sort of thing. And uh, so we'll offer the data side of our product, which just helps you to kind of keep tabs on how your videos are, are performing as well. Um, oh, so yeah, there's so, a lot so, of different so, considerations there. So, so that is another offering too. You guys actually keep up with the data and you send what I'm assuming a monthly report to whoever's using it. Like, Hey, here's how your videos are performing and all that stuff. Yeah, it's, it, it can be treated as monthly. It's a, it's a real-time okay. data service. So one cool. of our um, previous customers, uh, I'm not sure exactly what I'm at liberty to say for their name, but very Just big say what sports it with. game. Yeah, a very big sports game um, that, that was a live stream um, hooked up. You know, they had all their, their delivery uh, figured out on their end, but they wanted to make sure that, hey, if our live stream has any sort of hiccups based off of like this myriad of different devices or, or areas that are tuning in, we want to know that there's a problem before our viewers know and how we oh, can yeah. then like respond accordingly. So mm. this was all piping in, you know, in real time basically so they can keep a tab on what the health of that stream actually looks like. So, I mean, part of it can, you know, if you care more about historical reporting for the past month, that's something you can achieve. Or if you care about like, how are things going right now? Uh, that's that's also something we're, we're offering. That's awesome. So I I, I want to pivot a little bit because you know part of the show is obviously to focus on products, but also on mm -hmm. the entrepreneurship and and obviously you know what your career's done. You you've been a solo guy. You wanted mm -hmm. to be obviously a part of a larger organization. Um, can I, I guess you know one of the questions we get a lot from people who listen in? They're like you know I I want to hear more mistake stories. You know some some things people have learned. So. I, I do want to jump in first to obviously, you know, what made you make the transition? Like, what did you love about being solo? And then really what made you make the transition to go big Cause, because or, or company? Because I think a lot of people struggle with this. I think I think a lot of people think they want to be on their own. They try it and maybe they feel, I don't know, not fake, but like going back to a corporate setting, maybe a cop out. So I'm kind mm -hmm. of interested to hear your thoughts on all that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of mistakes side, I don't really have any stories to share there, but the um, solo to com company, that was a big one for me. The, what I loved about being solo um, and on my own was just the autonomy of what my day looked like, you know, uh, deciding you know, I'm the one that makes the decisions on what features make it into the product that I'm building. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that decides if I want to wake up at 10 or go for a bike ride first thing in the morning, you know, yeah. I don't have to answer to anybody for that. Those are all the like the dream things of being on your own. Um, say, I mean, honestly, like take a week off whenever you, <laughs> you don't need permission, mm -hmm. take a week off. That's really nice to have, especially in the way that products work, right? Where like you can sell something online and it, it will just be self-service. Folks will visit, you know, I would log on in the morning, do some customer support for an hour or two, and then that could be the end of the day. So that was really, really nice. And then there's also this like thing of battling that like 
if you take time off when society says you should be working, you know, I, I think a lot of us struggle with, with that, like mm. actually disconnecting and actually being able to turn off, um, especially when it, what I'm describing is like take off for the day, but I would be out on a bike ride and be like, should I be pushing things forward? Like, shouldn't I, you know, my, my wife's mm -hmm. at work and this doesn't, something about this doesn't feel right. And when the truth is like, to me, that's kind of all BS and, and you should be able to take as much time as you need. But there's also, there's just a societal pressure, this thing that we've cultured, you know, to, to just be like nine to five, gotta be at work. And it, it was always kind of weird for me. Um, but the biggest thing was really the collaboration aspect of it. So um, there was no financial pressure by any means for me to return to a full-time position. I, I mm. even still have the side project and I could be on that full-time. It was all about the collaboration. It was all about feeling yeah. like, you know, I've been doing this for eight years or nine years full-time. Uh, and it's been great to me, but it's also this stage of like, if I want to continue to grow. And I always said like, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room anymore because I was literally the only person in the room other than my dog. And so like, what could I do to get out and explore and continue to grow? And part of what um, was so interesting about joining Mux for me was like just going through the team uh, page and seeing the caliber of folks that were there. Like some mm -hmm. of the best of the best in the video world are our employees there. And so I would look at that page as an opportunity and just be like, man, I, if I surround myself with folks like this, you know, maybe I can just level up and continue to grow as a person um, and my, you know, my skill set, and just generally, you know, associate with a, a bigger than me sort of picture. So that was, that was really the big push for me. Well, and, yeah. and I think, go ahead, Jake. No, you go. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I think it's fascinating that your side hustle or your main hustle at the time was video. And then you ended yeah. up going to a video company, right? That typically does not happen. So I, I, I want to see, kind of get your brain a little bit. What, like, how did you find Mux? What's maybe some advice yeah. for some entrepreneurs right now who maybe want to continue what they're doing that side project at, at, with a company? Like, how did you find Mux? And maybe what is some advice some entrepreneurs who maybe want to jump back into the nine to five on where to maybe find their passion and yeah, how is so, it actually working nine to five now i cried middle of the day <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's still an asterisk i'd probably say like 10 to 5 but um, yeah <laughs> yeah how did i find i found mux um so i was actually with building with vimeo and the wordpress plugin thing that i was building mm. um i was running into one of the things that i kind of like found myself in this corner of any sort of innovation that I wanted to incorporate in the product was limited by the capabilities of Vimeo and the capabilities of WordPress. I had to just like confine myself to this ecosystem and say, Hey, wouldn't if I had an idea, say, wouldn't it be cool if I built this in here? Well, I have to check to see if Vimeo is capable of it. I have to check to see if WordPress, you know, this whole thing. So I found myself kind of hitting these walls of uh, these innovative innovation walls uh, trademark that and eventually was just like you know i'm trying to build something bigger maybe like building your own vimeo in 2020 can't be that hard like or you certainly don't need like a thousand employees or whatever it is that they have so i started going down that <laughs> path of like what if i could like build the video platform and have that be the way that i can then innovate within that ecosystem so i think after i started going down that path a little bit um 
building my own pipeline on AWS, which took, you know, six months and was mm -hmm. just a, a whole thing to manage. Um, in that process, I discovered Mux an option. So I switched over to, you know, there as a customer before I even joined as an employee. Um, and it took like three days or something like that to like do what I did in six months. Oh, of course I was like kicking myself after all that. But realizing like, oh, this company, not only from like the product that I think is awesome, but really embodies the ethos of what I what I believe in, in terms of like the company values and that sort of thing. So it was just good timing. I just kind of, it felt right at that point. Um, realizing the project that I was working on was like this huge undertaking. Um, and it, it was all just, it just felt like the time with, with, like I said, with COVID coming around at the same time. And I was looking for more collaboration. I found it natural to just say, no, I'm going to give this a shot and see if maybe these folks mm -hmm. would find some value in what I've been working on for the past you know, decade. Um, yeah, in terms of finding stuff like that, I have always surrounded uh, or the projects that I work on, the, the work that I do has always had the common theme of being, um, you know, it's maybe video, but at least media, like like mm -hmm. photography or music production, that sort of thing. And so everything that I work on is, it's not like, at least from a professional perspective, it's not all over the board. It's not, I'm jumping from like, you know, I, I don't even know, an email company uh, into now suddenly a video company. Rather, it, it always has this backbone, this recurring theme of something that I do care about, which is, emotional storytelling uh, specifically through mm -hmm. video and um, ways that I can keep doing that basically. So um, I think part of it is like, Hey, you know, I looked for a company that cares about the people that work for it first and foremost, um, but also just has something, some kind of common theme with what it is that I'm working on and what I care about um, just professionally. Yeah. So yeah, it just felt like a the right fit there. That's good. They obviously got their storytelling right then because it attracted you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I think too, and Dave, and I'll give you props. I mean, I talk about this all the time. It, it really sounds like you thought out what you need, right? And 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 mm -hmm. I definitely don't want to that to go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people just search and they're just kind of searching and they don't really know why. And and obviously, it sounds like that was that was pretty thought up, um, thought out. So props to you on that for sure. Dave. Sorry to interrupt. Um, we still need to hear your hot dog is a sandwich uh, answer, Dave. But also, um, I think you mentioned, it, was it innovation wall? Is that the phrase you used? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's trademark. Yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> yeah, that, that, great. Let's put on a t-shirt, right? Um, how, how do you get over that, that innovation wall, right? I mean, you're obviously in a great uh, thinker. You, you've, got a, you've got a great mind. Um, you know, but a lot of times we find ourselves hitting that wall and a lot of people will, will hit the wall and, and stop or get discouraged. How do you personally, you know, get over that wall, uh, for yourself? Mm, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. Um, and I think that a lot of folks, um, will try to just like ignore that it's happening. Um, mm -hmm. and I think for me and, and like power through and just try to like, look, the only way that you can, you know, make it is, is to show up and keep practicing and blah, blah, blah. And for me, I just re recognize it's there and say like, you know, I'm feel maybe it's the early stages of burnout. Maybe it's like just mm. truly just need a break. Um, but I will recognize it's there and I will just acknowledge that and say, look, um, you know, even working with the, the company that I am now, I would just drop a message and say, hey, today it's just not going my way, <laughs> you know, or, yeah. or like, I'm in this like funk right now. 
Uh, and the best way for me to come back from that is to actually detach from it. Go for, yeah. you know, go for a walk, go for a weekend yeah. trip or something like really just disconnect from the problem space. Um, and then when I come back strong, stronger because of that ability to kind of R and R, you know, it, it feels much clearer as to what it is that I was get where I was getting stuck and how I might be able to circumvent it. So I think it's really about like actually stepping away and disconnecting um, and coming back when you're ready. You know, and, and, and this is another a whole nother conversation. And, and obviously yeah. we're coming up on time now. Time flies when when we're having fun. Well, first off, I want to give a shout out to Mux's website. It's very beautifully mm -hmm. done. Um, I was I've been like clicking around on it. it's very beautifully done. So shout out to whoever, uh, whoever team built that. But I think, you know, I've started to talk more, more to hiring managers and just IT folks about um, really giving more rest and, and treating developers like athletes. Mm -hmm. and 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 giving them the time and the space to to rest and recover and you know i've i've been burning it pretty hard as well and like this weekend i got away and i'm leaving tomorrow to go back um back mm -hmm. home to south carolina and um you know I, I just feel way better mentally when i can take a break and mm -hmm. yeah. i don't think enough people are talking about that right now at all i think i think that i mean uh, we're not we're gonna go over time here if i take too far on this but if yeah. you can <laughs> i know it's a whole nother here if you if you live your if you do your work in preparation for a stop and start, as in you stay organized, you know you have your your task list, you know you know you well with your existing teams, you know, and you can figure out, you know, some things are more nebulous in business; they just are, right? But as much as you can control that organization, I'm preaching to myself here as well. Then it's like, hey, all right, we can stop here, and I know yeah. where I'm starting again without being like, well, okay, what what the fuck yeah. is that? Where are we doing? Right. Yeah. And so I think we should probably do a topic on that too. Preparing yeah, for the preparing for taking a time off. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to get a we need to get a panel on that. That'd yeah, be fun. We'll we'll invite Dave we'll back. Do. Maybe he'll answer the hot dogs a sandwich question by then. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. Dave, Dave uh, let's close it out the here. Is, is, a is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no, and why? Oh, are we out of time? Oh, <laughs> no. He's like, I got a hard Shit. stop at eleven. <laughs> uh hot dog as the hot dog is a sandwich yes very good very, very good, good. Very good. i agree I as well i agree two, two, <laughs> two pieces of bread all right y'all well, thank you again for hanging out with us today uh dave we appreciate you a ton man um, it was also great seeing you as well um and uh we will be back next week so y'all have a good one take it easy Peace. happy fourth of july see ya happy fourth yeah. of july Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Unicorn Finders. If you found any of that interesting or helpful at all, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or want to be a part of our podcast, be sure to email us at info at theunicornfinders.com. And while you're at it, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe us five stars and share it with a friend or two. We'll see you next week.